Good morning. <clears throat> We've been dealing with the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 12. And so 1 Corinthians 12 is Paul's uh, explaining the movement of the Holy Spirit through the gifts. Now, the problem with this scripture is that, I don't know, have you heard the expression monkey wrench? Monkey wrench is, uh, I don't know what he means, but he means it really rattle everything. If it wasn't for this scripture, everything would be fine. But Paul uh, comes in with 1 Corinthians 12 in dealing with the church at Corinth. You know, Corinth is an hour north of Athens, Greece. Then you turn right, go to the Asian Sea, and there's a little, uh, a, a very, very uh, village that is very, uh, not only uh, uh, it's been uncovered, uh, yeah, it's uncovered, and, uh, and so the city of Corinth, in the mountain where up there is uh, the temple of Aphrodite, you can see the four teeth in there, which is the four columns that are on the top of the mountain. The city sort of bends forward, and you have the mercy seat, the bema seat, where Paul. Uh, uh, was put on trial and spoke. And so, we're talking about an apostle, you could say the 13th apostle, that brings this interpretation. So Paul is not only appreciated, none appreciated, he, he is he's denied his voice, uh, um, but nevertheless, his interpretation of what happened in Acts chapter 2 has to be considered. He is he is he has fourteen books in the New Testament. And whether you like it at Paul or not, you have to swallow it because he he is here. There's no way to take him out and to and to take the book of Acts out and to take First Corinthians out and do what you want to do with the work of the Holy Spirit. So for all those of you who study the work of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, <laughs> you have to swallow this. I hate to say, because it is a monkey wrench. Because, you see, here's the way the traditional church interprets. At, the, at Pentecost, we all, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And it is, in fact, true. You see, if you go to, uh, if you go to Acts chapter 2, uh, it says very clearly uh, that they were... All were one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven of a rush, mighty wind, and they all were filled with the Holy Spirit and, uh, uh, when they were sitting. Filled, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. But the problem is that also they began to speak with other tongues. And so there, there's the, there, there, there's the, <laughs> the problem. Because if they were filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues, or oh, they spoke the languages of the 120, and, and the traditional would say that only, only the disciples spoke other languages. But there were 120 people there. There's 120 languages. You're telling me that the people that were there were not... <laughs> you see, it, it, Paul created a problem. Let's go back and clear it up. 
John the Baptist, introducing the ministry of Jesus, says this, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who comes after me, whose sinners I'm not worthy to bear, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Well, that then clarifies a little bit. Because then, Pentecost was the birth of the church, and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon 120, and they spoke with other tongues, and they were uh, overwhelmed with the presence of God. This week we've been dealing with that, and trying to understand how can we uh, uh, say that tongues is actually something that we should pay attention to. Well, certainly, the church has paid a lot of attention to it. You know, you say the word tongues, and they run out of the door. You say the word tongues, and the disciplinators will come after you, because that's of the devil. Well, you see, they all died. And the church continues to grow in power and in glory. So the question is, uh, is tongues to be considered valid? First of all, when you look at 1 Corinthians, Paul introduces three revelation gifts, three power gifts, and three vocal gifts. And so, tongues is a vocal gift. And so, the question of the traditional church is, is that what they did, they spoke other languages. And so, there's the, there's the, the, uh, the breach, there's the abyss, there's the monkey wrench. Is tongues part of the kingdom of God or it's not? If you say it's not, then you are, you are saying that Paul is a liar and a defeated and a no good. And so you're going to have a, you have a serious problem. You can't deny Paul's ministry in the New Testament and, and also, <laughs> and so the Baptist would say, well, the tongue ceased with the completion of the canon of scriptures. Okay. But if you look throughout the world today, ain't ceasing nothing. That's what I say, ain't ceasing. Why? Because it's all over the world. People are touched by the Holy Spirit, begin to, begin to speak in tongues, and, 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 and their lives totally changed. Let's take a look. Did I whet your appetite today? Are you, uh, are you see the, the monkey wrench? You understand what I mean? So let's take a look at that, because as you look into... Uh, this, uh, things begin to clear. So let's take a look, and I want to begin by going back to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Because Paul spends a whole chapter dealing with this. He says, after all that he says, he says, follow after love. means love is the the foundation, the basis in which all of these things operate. And, of course, love, it is one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Churches that are struggling and debating about this and, and, and coming in accusing conservatives, fundamentals are no good to America. And let's see, the division and the rift down there has to do, because there's no love in there. And so, in desire means covet spiritual gifts. You see, 
There's a problem with that in the interpretation of the of the traditional church of first of, of Acts chapter two. Because what they say is what happened there's the birth of the church and the disciples spoke in tongues. Nobody ever spoke in tongues. But here's Paul bringing the whole thing into the platter. And, and, and so it's a monkey race. Now let's take a look. It says, but rather that you may prophesy. Desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. I've been talking to you about prophesying. Because prophesying, it is part of the vocal gifts. Prophesying Tongues, interpretation. Prophesying tongues, interpretation. Prophesying tongues, air vocal gifts. And Paul is saying, desire the spiritual gifts. He is not saying that prophesying is, is a greater gift of all. Rather that it is greater of the two vocal gifts of translation in speaking in tongues. When the two come together, uh, that is equal. But prophesying is, is actually introduced in here that you may serve. In other words, he is saying that prophesying is really important. Edifying, building, comforting. First Corinthians 14, 3. Helping. I've been talking to you yesterday that the whole church, there are people all over the kitchen that are doing because they just want to get a place in heaven. When they're actually, if they understand the work of the Holy Spirit, they will do a better job. So every pastor should go in the kitchen and say, prophesy to me today a nice meal. Prophesy to me today a, a, a piece of chicken, would you? You are serving the Lord. You're not serving me. You are moving, moving by the power of the Spirit. That's part of your ministry. We don't do that. And of course, the Holy Spirit is it, it, quenched because you are afraid that somebody else will sort of get out of hand. The reason why they get out of hand is because you don't know what it's all about. You don't have the touch of the Holy Spirit in your life. You are an intellectual morbid, and you only accept people by transfer or by uh, a family uh, relationships to join the church. Uh, conviction of the lost on a Sunday morning uh, uh, is becoming rare. A district with 70 churches, Five professions of faith. Something's wrong. Why is wrong? Because you have persecuted the Holy Spirit. And so, I'm able to say that because I know it's true. So here it is. For he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but unto God. And so tongues is he's referring to a vocal gift. But no one understands him. Howbeit the spirits, he speaks mysteries. What do you mean? Is that when someone is praying audibly by himself in his private place unto God, he is speaking mysteries out of his spirit. Have you seen the little movie E.T.? The extraterrestrial E.T. moves the finger, and he lifts the finger. He says, oh, E.T., call home. E.T., call home. Oh, E.T. wants to call home. <laughs> Your spirit, when connected to the big frame, and you begin to utter out of your mouth a cry, a, 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 a hunger, uh, that is called tongues. 
And so let me read it again. For he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men. So tongues is not something that uh, you do to each other or in church, but unto God. So it is a private. When you have been in prayer for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, five hours, you blatter a lot of things. You speak Portuguese, you speak Spanish, you speak English, and, and now and then I just can't hold it. It just keeps on moving and moving. And usually when it happens to me, I begin to cry, I begin to weep, and I begin to hunger for God. Now, don't tell me that I can't do that. And don't you call me charismatic, automatic, fanatical, middle of the road. Get your dirty finger on my personal life of prayer. And you, some of you, I'm not saying all of you, but some of you have persecuted those who do that. May God have mercy on your soul. That sin is unforgiven. Be very careful how to use your mouth. And so, for no one understands him, certainly, I don't understand what I'm saying to God. Uh, it's a moment of ecstasy, a moment of, of prayer. In my, in, my, in my case, it's a moment of tears and, and, and pleading with God and, and, and seeking God. And, and in that moment of ecstasy and prayer, uh, 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 I don't know what I'm saying. But Paul says you are speaking mysteries. That your spirit is searching the deep things of God. And when the Spirit of man, connected with the Holy Spirit, begins to search the deep things of God, is when things begin to happen in your life. It begins to change. It begins to move. And the Holy Spirit searches. He goes deep into the heart of God in terms of, of, what, of what, you know, uh, my father was a man like that. And don't you go tell a man of 25,000 member church and, and thousands of people listening to him every Sunday, don't you tell people, a man that brought thousands to Christ, literally thousands, thousands upon thousands to Christ, that he is a charismatic and out of order. Don't you do that. Because I saw the fruits of that man preaching on top of a Harley Davidson in downtown Rio de Janeiro, and hundreds would come and bow down and begin to cry instantly as he plays his accordion and his trumpet, and the Lord saved thousands. And so, you got a problem. You liberal have a big problem because you don't want nothing of the sort. That's not the problem. It's your problem. Keep it to yourself. But you persecute those who do. And because you persecute those who do, you're dead now. It's impossible that you have any life, spiritual life whatsoever, if you persecute somebody that speaks in tongues. And you're looking at a man who's been persecuted, harassed, put down, and belittled. And there are hundreds of them today. Well, I'm still alive, and I'm still kicking. And, and I think most of those that did already passed. But you that is listening to me today that do speak in tongues, I want you to know, don't take that as if you are second class. Don't believe the lie that you are not a child of God, heir of the kingdom. The meek shall inherit the earth. So let's take a look. But he who prophesies, you're talking about the, the seventh gift of the Holy Spirit. He who prophesies speaks unto edification, exhortation, and come. I've been trying to tell you that, that the, 
1 Corinthians 12, when he says prophesying, it, uh, it has nothing to do with the prophet. It has to do with edifying, building, cover the body of Christ. In other words, mercy is not a gift. It's prophesying. Playing the piano is not a gift. It, 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 it's prophesying. Working in the kitchen is not a gift. Or the gift of giving. You know, my brother has a gift. Take your hands off his money now. When he gives letter of the Spirit, he's prophesying. And so, and then it says, For he who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. What does that mean? Edifies himself. It builds himself out. For instance, you go to uh, Jude, the last book of the Bible before uh, verse, uh, verse 20. Uh, the book of Jude, verse 20. It says this. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And so the ingredient here is, the value of tongues is, it's a personal thing, not something you go to church and, 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 and do that in front of people. It's a private expression of your faith. You see, the argument that only the disciples spoke in tongues in the, in the New Testament at Acts chapter 2, and it was a private thing, and it wasn't the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was being filled with the Holy Spirit. So the, 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 the liberal church, the traditional church would say that when you receive Christ, you baptize with the Holy Spirit. But the problem is they don't accept that you can speak in tongues. And so it creates a major problem. And so it's, there's a riff in here. There's a monkey wrench in here. Paul is a monkey wrench. He simply say, <laughs> you can't speak in tongues. It edifies yourself. That goes the argument that what happened at Pentecost cannot happen after Pentecost. That the church today cannot be empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's right here. He who speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. So, is Paul a false prophet? Is Paul a man who we're not supposed to read? Should we remove 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14 out of the Bible and, and go ahead and let's just go ahead and, and just get the traditional view? The church in America is dying because of the traditional view. It's a major problem within us. And as you begin to understand this concept, you begin to live. You begin to breathe. You don't have to go around speaking in tongues every Sunday so people know who you are. Quietly, privately, in your spirit, you intercede. Okay, you pray. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find knock and the door shall be open. What is knocking? Knocking is getting into the deep heart of God, speaking things from your mouth, praying in the Spirit, edifying yourself, building yourself. So tongues is able to build you up. Edify, build you up. And then he says, but he who prophesizes edifies the church. So he makes a 
a differentiation between tongues, which is a private thing, speaking to God, and prophesying, which is edifying, building, and comforting. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Do you understand? Am I getting through you? You hearing me? By the way, this is the 11th, 12th teaching in this area, and you can go into lotterain.com, and all of them are listed over there as teachings, 30 minutes apiece. And uh, you'll be able to sort of uh, listen and look it again and see it again, or you can go to Facebook uh, and to YouTube and, and look at that, whatever you want to do. But contact our ministry, uh, uh, which is lotterain.com, L-A, latte, coffee, latte, rain, together, dot com. And you'll be able to receive from us uh, uh, some information about this. So let's take a look at the next verse. Then Paul begins to deal with tongues again. He says, I would that you all spoke with tongues. I would that you all spoke with tongues. The argument that what the languages at Pentecost was for 120 or 12 disciples only is shot to kingdom come with this verse. Because what Paul is saying here, he says, I wish that you all spoke with tongues. So listen to me, praise leader, speak in tongues. Listen to me, pastor, that have a load of a thousand members. Kneel down in the back of your corner under your table in order before God. And that Sunday you're going to have a big offering. Why? Because the people in the spirit will be moved. And people come to God. And so, Paul says, I wish that you all. So, did Paul speak in tongues? Yes, he did. Verse 18, uh, 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 is our Bible teacher telling me here what to say. It says, I thank you, I thank my God, I speak with other tongues more than you all. So, so now, now we got a major problem here. It gets to be deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and becoming very large. This is the biggest monkey wrench you've ever seen. Paul, the writer of 14 epistles in the New Testament, is telling all the district superintendents in the Methodist church that he himself spoke in tongues. you got a problem. That is why some have persecuted the saints because they will not accept Paul as valid, and Paul is not an apostle. Paul is a man uh, that uh, does not... Uh, 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 and, all, and, and the gifts cease to activate with the completion of the canon of Scripture, which is, uh, by the way, out of the 40 commentaries in the Scripture, only three deny the validity of the gifts today. The rest of all the commentaries accept that as, as something for today. And so, let's take a look. I would that you all spoke in tongues, but rather that you prophesy. Prophesy. In other words, I wish that you would speak in tongues, but I prefer that you prophesy. In other words, don't just make the gift of tongues your, your uh, 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 biggest thing you have experienced. Remember that the purpose of edifying yourself is to serve others. And so Paul is very specific in this. He says, for greater is he who prophesies than he who speaks with tongues. Let's stop there. He is saying prophesying is greater than tongues. 
But then he says something else. He says, except he interprets that the church may receive 85. Now that opens another type of tongues in the life of the Christian kingdom. Because what he's saying is that if there is tongues in the service of worship, it will have to be interpreted. What do you mean? God speaking to someone else and being translated by someone else saying what God is saying. That opens the door to another vocal gift, which is the gift of interpretation. Does this happen in the kingdom? A lot. I've heard it zillions of times in the church in America. I've heard it in Brazil and in, in Africa. Is is a, is a daily occur, occurrence. Why the interpretation? That the church be edified. So tongues by itself in a service have no place. It's a private thing. But churches, but when God speaks to the church, He speaks and somebody translates. And uh, this is obvious because prophecy is given in the language of the people. It is thereby understood by all. Tongues cannot be understood unless it's interpreted. Tongues cannot be understood unless it's interpreted. It is a private thing. It's a mystery between you and God. Now, brethren, verse 6, If I come unto you, speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? What good me talking to you in a language that you do not understand? And this is the sin of the Corinthian church, and this is why Paul is correcting them that, that because their experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit that came with tongues, they think that they can use that in order to somehow... And is there, is there a validity for the church in America? Yes, there is. And that, and that uh, by the way, in the Methodist church is something that I, 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 I seldom see. If there's a church that has accepted the move of the Spirit of God, and put tongues in its place is the Methodist church in many ways for those who have been baptized. I guess because we read. As opposed to the Baptist. I don't know. Just joking. And so the move of the Spirit of God in the Baptist church in Brazil, in the Baptist church in America, the Baptist church everywhere in this country uh, is understood better than anywhere else. Any, anywhere else, the Methodists and the Presbyterians. Why? And there are Presbyterians that speak in tongues in the thousands. There are Methodists in Georgia that speak in tongues thousands. I have a list of 20,000. Thousands, thousands. Throughout the years, it just keeps on moving throughout our list, and we keep on going to smaller numbers, but I've, I've met thousands. There are people working in the church, building the church, strengthening the church. You don't even know who they are because they are serving the Lord, and they are giving God the glory. Amen? Okay, so, if I come to you speaking in tongues, what shall I profit? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesy or by doctrine, meaning, meaning these things reveal the truth to the people, where, whereas one worshiping the Lord aloud in tongues, not meant to be interpreted, if I is one, but the speaker. Paul is not diminishing tongues, but he's only insisting they be used in the right way. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sound, 
how shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet gives an, uh, an uncertain sound, who shall prepare him for the battle? So likewise ye accept you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. Therefore, if I know not the meaning of the voice, shall I speak unto you who speak, who speaks a barbarian, or he who speaks shall be a barbarian unto me? Even so, ye, for as much as you are zealous for spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying of the church in first place. Wherefore, let him who speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray, let me read again verse 13. Where is, let him who speaks in tongue, uh, an unknown tongue, pray that he interpret. So, in public, you should have interpretation. In private, you will defy you and build yourself up. Tomorrow, I'll stay in tongues tomorrow, and I'll stay in tongues this whole week. Because I want to make sure that uh, I'll just hit as hard as I can on this monkey wrench that Paul puts in the kingdom of God. See you tomorrow. Thank you, Jesus.